the Shroud of Turin is one of the most researched and studied relics in church history and profoundly impacts many who encounter its mystery. As a person of faith, looking at it through the eyes of faith, um, I don't think it can help but, uh, but touch your heart. Something that we can look on, not only to bolster our faith in those moments of weakness, but also to deepen our faith and our appreciation, our intimacy with Christ. Join Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry as they examine the science of the Shroud through the lens of faith. Really interesting scientific information that I, we didn't know about, uh, like the pollen from all the different regions of the world. That's all, as the shroud traveled around, it picked that up. Some of the mites, uh, things like that was really interesting to me. I mean, this made you really want to believe it a lot more. It's impressive. Like, humanly, I don't think, like, that is another level of love. It's not a... a, a I'm gonna see if I was like, oh, I love you, I'll give you a chocolate. No, I'm giving you more than my life. I'm giving you my suffering. Asking both experts and disciples, who do you say I am? Um, as far as who the man of the shroud is, I, as a, as a person of faith and kind of reviewing the evidence there, it, it seems that a convincing argument can be made that it's, it's Jesus of Nazareth. Visit patchworkheart.org shroud to learn more and get exclusive behind the scenes updates for your support. Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, Young Adult Ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that He is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278. Welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Sewing Hope. Uh, we are graphically different here, folks, uh, today, but we're very excited to be with you. Uh, I'm here, uh, Bill Snyder, and Anne, how are you today? Doing great, Bill. It's good to be here again for this great series on the Synod. Yes, it is. Yeah, we're on episode four, um, 
And uh, so if you've missed the first three episodes, we want you to head back uh, into the archives. Uh, you can, again, you can find it anywhere in our different uh, archives. It's on uh, YouTube. It's on Podbean. It's on uh, our website, patchworkheartradio.org. You can find us pretty much anywhere. But dig back in those archives and find uh, those first three episodes because you're not going to want to miss them. Today, though, we're going to talk about participation. It's that uh, second key of the Synod, the Holy Father gave us uh, three. He gave us communion, participation, and mission. So today we're going to touch on, uh, I guess, uh, the uh, participation. Yes, I I was excited about this one too, because there's so much to unpack when we think about participation and what it means in terms of being Catholic and participating in the mission of the Catholic Church. And as you said, Bill, that first one that we did was uh, communion. And when we talked about communion, we talked about a couple of different aspects, right? We talked about the Eucharist, of course, and then we talked about what it means to be in communion with the entire church and even in communion with our own church communities. And I think with participation, we can look at it almost the same way that we can look at it in, in terms of the Eucharistic participation and in, ter- in terms of the sacramental life. And then we can look at it in terms of participation with our own local church community and in turn you know that whole worldwide church oh absolutely uh you know and we definitely have to you know uh, look at it that way uh participating on all those different levels right Um, locally and the worldwide church and of course in our community and our states um you know we are catholic um, and that's the beauty of the catholic church because it's universal right like it's (laughs) that's a beautiful (laughs) part of participation is that we get access to the keys to the kingdom we get we get access to everything yes we get access to everything and I think the Catholic Church has so many treasures. And so when we're looking at those three key components of the communion, participation, and mission, there's always going to be different facets of what that means. And I think if we want to start talking about what participation means, maybe we can just start out with simply being a part of your own community. And the beginning of that is, of course, just attending Sunday Mass. And we learned during the pandemic that we can't always take that for granted, can we? No. And so the fact that we're able to get to Mass and participate and be there and be a part of that community is such a huge thing. And of course, the Eucharist. Now, there's a three-year, I believe, concentration right now in many of the dioceses and archdioceses on making the Eucharist really the center of our lives. And I know in my archdiocese, it's literally beginning now because here we are when we're taping this, it's going to be coming up Corpus Christi Sunday. And at my own parish community, even last evening, we did the Corpus Christi procession to try to put that in our hearts and our minds, who and what is the center of our lives. And that is Christ and the Eucharist. And so when we think about participation, when you go to mass, you are participating, right, Bill? I mean, you're you're partaking in the mass and in that sacrament itself, which is the the highlight and the key of what it means to be Catholic. That's the first step into participating into what it means to, to participate in a huger way. Yeah, absolutely. 
You know, you're absolutely right, Ann. And, you know, um, I, the thing I think about when I think about participation is I always, uh, I hear my uh, liturgist at my, one of my old parishes uh, constantly reminding us, <laughs> constantly mm-hmm. reminding us yeah. that the church demands full, active, and conscious participation. I believe that's in the catechism somewhere. I'll have to look it up at some point. But full, active, and conscious participation is what the uh, church is asking us to do. And I, I like those words, especially conscious, right? Because when we show up at Mass or we show up at a you know liturgical service, uh, we should be conscious, right, of what we're doing. We should be actively involved, but we should be also conscious, you know, um, meaning that, you know, I, I, I don't think that just means being awake. I think that beyond meaning awake, I think it actually means to, you know, be conscious, to be aware of what is happening around you, right? Um, you know, oftentimes we as Catholics can fall into um, participating just by kind of like showing up and taking, you know, you know, taking a place in a pew, right? And we think, oh man, I'm participating, I'm here. Well, no, it's actually that we need to be uh, conscious. What's happening around us? The mass, right? This mass, this beautiful mass is ha- is happening. And it's a it's an opportunity for us to walk into heaven and be able to see heaven up close, right? Uh, you know, in, in, encounter the cross, encounter... Uh, you know, this, this wonderful uh, mystery, this, this almost incomprehensible mystery, um, but to be aware of what is going on around us, not just simply, you know, sucking up a spot, you know, in the church, um, you know, you know, our, our, you know, butt in the seat is wonderful, but are we actively and are we consciously remembering what is going on around us. And I think that goes not only for the Mass, but for, you know, other parts of our, you know, Christian and Catholic lives, right? Like, we are meant to, uh, we, you know, we talked last time about the Mass meaning the, you know, and I've said it many times on this podcast, but the Mass means to leave, right? And so that means that, uh, that, that going forth, going out into the world, we also should be conscious to what is happening around us, be aware, um, you know, as, as you're so keen on and, you know, talking about, um, you know, reaching out to the marginalized and, and helping those uh, people. It's all about recognizing what's going on and not just drifting through our lives, um, you know, and, and, and I think that's what the Holy Father is looking for, not only, um, you know, to receive from the church, but also to um, understand where the church is coming from uh, in this regard. So, uh, yeah, you know, the Synod, I think, puts a special emphasis on this. And, yeah, we need to participate. Thank you. Very well said. And you mentioned the Holy Father. I had a quote from him, from him that I thought was something we can all reflect on. And the quote itself is that synodality is a style, it is a walk together, and it is what the Lord expects from the church of the third millennium. And he said that on November 29th of this past year. The article I'm looking at is from catholicnewsagency.com that the Pope Francis, that Pope Francis announces the synod. And so what you said about participation, I believe that it is also a decision that we all make. And, you know, simply when we go to Mass on Sunday or even daily Mass or when, even when we pray, we're making a decision that we want to participate. We want to follow Christ. We want to be a part of the solution mm. of, of bringing more love and hope to the world. 
and and yeah, making the world a better place too. And so with this whole idea of the synod is a listening session, a worldwide listening session so that we can learn from one another and that we can learn from the constructive criticism that we're being given to. And that is through the, the uh, surveys that went out to dioceses, archdioceses, churches, not only in the United States, but worldwide, asking people not only what they love about their faith, but what are those things about their church or about the, their diocese that they think could use a little bit of help and, and advice. And so they're taking those surveys very, very seriously. I was actually a part of that in, with my own parish and in the greater Philadelphia area, we have an institute that was running those webinars the Catholic Leadership Institute, and I was blessed to be able to attend and learn so much about exactly what they're, you know, what they're trying to do in order to grow. That's what it's about. So when we want to participate in the church, we're learning how we can grow and how we can follow Christ in an even greater way. And so participation does mean going to mass. It does mean praying. It does mean deciding that you want to be Catholic that you want to make the best of the mission that God has given you. But it can also mean those facets of participating in parish life. I thought, Bill, we could talk a little bit about that too, because when you join a parish and when you're a member of a parish, going to Sunday Mass is probably, it's the most important thing that you're going to do, going to confession, participating in all the sacraments. But it's also maybe being involved in some way, shape, or form to help your church out. I didn't know, Bill, if you wanted to just talk a little bit about that. Oh, absolutely. You know, I definitely think that there is a um, importance that needs to be placed on, you know, participating in the parish life, right? And so when you are participating in different ministries that are available, when you're participating even in the activity of the parish, right? Like, I think about the different ways that um, we all bring our gifts into the church. We all need to bring our gifts into the church and in order to make it successful. So like for me, I know that one of the big um, you know, areas that I help our church with is with technology and live streaming. We live stream our masses just like um, we have these video podcasts with all these graphics and everything. Now, this is something that we do at our church uh, for, for the mass. And so... Um, you know, I, I bring in my gifts and my talents and I participate in that way. And yes, that's during Mass, but there's also uh, plenty of other non-liturgical things that are live-streamed and there's a lot of technical setup and understanding about, um, you know, how best to make these things work. Um, you know, there's also the ministry aspect, right? So uh, there are so many different ways that you can participate um, in the parish life. I mean, you know, Think about helping youth ministers or being a catechist, right? I mean, that's one of the chief ways that I look at in my, uh, you know, life to do this uh, is, you know, what are my gifts? What are my strengths? What are my talents? And give them back to the parish, you know? So um, whether that be with youth ministry, whether that be, um, you know, with the, with the um, you know, live streaming, whatever it is, uh, pick out, you know, the and 
some gifts are not gifts for me, right? Like I'm not an accountant, but uh, you can give your, you know, uh, you know, accounting skills to the parish. You can become a parish trustee. There are all kinds of things you can do within this or within local ministries, right? Like, I mean, Patrick Art Ministry, St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation, like we all have ministries and you can help participate. You can help give, uh, you know, that's what it means to actively participate in something. You know, no, nobody, nobody thinks that you are a spectator, right? Um, we are not spectators at a, at, at a sporting game, right? Like I just was at uh, a baseball game a couple weeks ago. I was spectating at that. I, I'm not managing the game. I'm not, you know, playing on the field. I'm sitting, you know, way up in the 200 level spectating at that game. And if you're sitting in the 200 level of your parish and you're just, you know, spectating, <laughs> you know, at the mass and not participating, I, I just challenge you, get involved, give your gifts, give your talents. You are good at something. And I guarantee whatever that something is, Jesus needs it. The church needs it. Definitely. Well said. I love that you brought up spectator. That's such a good way of describing it because I think we can all fall into that sometimes when we go to mass and even when we are involved in anything and spectating, think about it. What is spectating? Spectating is simply watching, but not really joining in, doing anything. And so you, you use the example of going to a baseball game and being a spectator. So that's something that we don't want to do <laughs> when we go to mass is that, you know, we want to really participate in prayer in our responses and in really being present. And isn't that what synality really means? It's walking together and really being present for others. And so when we say that we want to participate in our faith, it is not a speculative activity, right? It's something that is really and truly active and real. And I'm looking at something here from the USCCB called Call to Family, Community and Participation. And I'm just going to read it because I think it's something that's worthwhile for us here. It says that the person is not only sacred, but also social. How we organize our society and economics and politics and law and policy directly affects human dignity and the capacity of individuals to grow in community. Marriage and family are the central social institutions that must be supported and strengthened, not undermined. We believe people have a right and duty to participate in society, seeking together the common good and well-being of all, especially the poor and vulnerable. And I know that that particular paragraph is focusing on family. And, you know, family is the nu nucleus, right, of our faith. It's the nucleus of human society. And so in the church, we can participate as a family, not only as a family like, say, my husband and my daughters or Bill you and your wife and, ch and your son, but we're participating with the people in our church community, in our small groups, but we're also a member of the universal church, aren't we? Mm. We're a member of something that is much greater than just, you know, where I live in Pennsylvania, my little community here, or where you live in Wisconsin. So I don't know if we wanted to unpack that a little bit because, you know, Pope Francis has started this, but it really is meant to start with the, the smallest cell, which is the family, right? The domestic church, but it grows and grows and grows to it includes everyone. Yeah, you know, that's a really good point too, Anne. Uh, it is excellent point about, you know, how our family is not 
you know, it certainly is our immediate, you know, family, you know, mother, father, children, right? Like that's the nucleus. But you're right. It expands out beyond that. And when you begin thinking about how um, we are part of a large human family, just as you, you know, laid it out there, um, it's it's kind of mind-blowing, right? Like, you know, of course, families get in arguments, families fight. And we, we all know that from our from our you know immediate nucleus. But the the amazing thing is, is that, you know, when you enter into a church in any part of the world um, or you go encounter a event like World Youth Day or what happened with the world meeting of families right in Philadelphia a few years ago I know there was one in Ireland like you know I know that there are um, different ways that you can encounter the global church right when you encounter Jesus uh, in the global church and in the body of Christ the big corporate body of Christ there is something so beautiful there's something so uh, amazing I mean when we were, I, I drove in and gosh, it was 2015 when the Pope came, right? It was 2015 when Pope Francis came uh, to Philadelphia and he came to the United States for the World Meeting of Families. And let me tell you, those masses were unbelievable, right? There was like a million people on the streets of Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia worshiping together. And yeah, we were all with our little immediate, unique, you know, families right here, right? We were with each other. And then... Uh, we came together in community, and uh, it just so happened I was sitting next to a uh, family and a group that I knew from um, college. You know, I, they were like, oh, yeah, I went to the University of Scranton. I was like, wow, wait a minute, you went to the University of Scranton, so did I. And it was just one of those amazing things um, about how, you know, divine providence allows us to witness the power of Christ in the church. When you come together like that and you see and you witness and you and you encounter the Lord through an event like that or you know we have opportunities to participate. I mean I can tell you how I can't tell you how many people uh, I've encountered and talked to that said, "Oh man, I was in Toronto in 2002 at World Youth Day." Man, that, you know, that uh, sense of you know, power of the church, that sense of holiness, you know, from the Holy Father leading. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. It's because it is, um, you know, Christ present in his full body, you know, maybe not his full body, but a large portion of his body coming together to worship, to worship God. And that's, um, it's mind-blowing, quite frankly, it's mind-blowing. It is, it is mind-blowing. And I'm thinking of that whole idea of what we talked about on the last podcast, because those three pieces of what the synod is really all about. Again, I'll just repeat it is community, excuse me, communion, participation and mission. And so if you haven't listened to that uh, first piece of that, the one the the one that we just did before this one, uh, listen to it because we really unpacked, you know, what that means. But what you're talking about, Bill, like I remember when Pope Francis, of course, came here because that's where I am in Philadelphia. We did have a chance to go down to the mass and it was just an awesome way to participate, right? We use that word, participate with other Catholics. And, you know, I believe that when people showed up that day, that it was a big evangelization too, because it was a participation for active Catholics, but it was a participation and an invitation for everybody, 
wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Everybody was there. Um, people who are, are Christian and also non-Catholics, I think, came just out of curiosity to, to be there. And so when we participate, it is an evangelization tool. When people watch us take this seriously, when we get up on a Sunday morning or on a Saturday evening, when we decide to go to church for the anticipated mass, you know, we're, we are an example to other people to participate along with us, right? It's an invitation. And that's what synality is all about. It's opening those doors, right? Opening those doors so that people can be attracted to what it means to be Catholic and, and learning about it. And even people who have fallen away, who were baptized Catholic, and maybe they did receive their sacraments, but they're no longer attending mass or, or active anymore. So if you're listening to this and it, it's you or someone you know, I mean, take this as an invitation to you to participate, right? For you to come back, to, for you to know how much you are cared about and how much our church and our Holy Father wants to, you to know that your participation is very important to the growth of this Catholic Church. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And that's the thing, you know, we need you. I was uh, on another radio show last week um, talking with um, them about just about this, right? Think about, you know, I mean, I I use this example of mousetrap in my confirmation classes quite a bit. Uh, And what I do is I wrap up all the mousetrap pieces to the game, right? The game mousetrap. Wrap up all the different pieces into a like gift bag and I hand them out to each one of the kids, right? I hand out all the different parts and they know immediately what to do with it. They know that if they put that game together, uh, it'll all come together and work. Well, if one of them doesn't participate, if one person doesn't participate, I mean, it can be the smallest part. It could be the rubber band. It could be the rubber band that I've wrapped up. And if they don't participate, the device doesn't work. And this is, this is the way God designed the, the world, right? This is the way he designed the world, and he designed the human family, that without full conscious and active participation, the church can't run at its full, full steam. You know, we have, um, you know, if you've read that book, Four Signs of a Dynamic Catholic, um, you understand, right, that literally there are, you know, 8% of Catholics doing 80% of the work in the church, yeah. right? And, and and Matthew Kelly in that book makes the argument, what if we increase that number by 1% to 9% of the Catholics? What if, what if we did that? How much of a transformation would we have in the world if we did that, right? Like, that's the, that's the incredible thing. So, but we can't do it without you. So if you're sitting there and spectating at Mass, you are called to something much greater than spectating. You are called into participation in the life and the body of Christ. That's what you're, that's what you're called out to do. Amen and well said. And I think also, Bill, when we look at what's happening in the world, I mean— there's always going to be and has been sin in the world. So we're going to see not good things and, and evil things happening. And people sometimes scratch their head and say, why is this happening? 
Well, we're part of, all of us are invited to be part of the solution. And the solution is the gospel, the gospel of Christ. And when we come together as a church living in virtue, because the, the church calls people to a virtuous life. And the more you learn about your faith, the more you learn about the saints and you know what it means to, to go to heaven someday. It's not just something, a place that you go where you have lots of fun and everything's just the way you want it. It's you're with God and you're in communion with other people. So that communion, participation and mission all comes together in heaven, doesn't it? Because the joys of being part of community, the joys of loving God together, the joys of seeing answered prayers that you've been praying for for so many years come to fruition. That's heaven. That's what it really, I believe that's what it is. It's more than what I just said, but it's, it's part of it. And when, I also want to refer to something that I'm reading here, again, from this call to family and community from the USCCB.org. Uh, it says that local individuals and groups can make a real difference. They are able to instill a greater sense of responsibility, a strong sense of community, a readiness to protect others, a spirit of creativity, and a deep love for the land. Social problems must be addressed by community networks, not simply by the sum of individual good deeds. And that's from our Holy Father who wrote um, our, on a care for the common home on Laudate Si. So I think what he's saying there and what that little blurb that I was saying is that when we live a life that participates, when we live a life that joins forces with other good people, people of faith in the human family, in the Catholic world, and just everywhere we go, is that we participate in the answer to the problems of this world. Like I said, those problems are not going to just go away, but we can be the love, we can be Christ for others. And that's what it means to participate. It means to be Jesus Christ, be, to be a sacrificial person, to care about other people, and not only for your own house, my house, my domestic church here at this house that I'm living in, but my parish community, my community at large, and the entire world, and of course, the entire universal church. So that's what it means to participate. That's so well said, Anne. It's so well said, and Thank it's you. so important uh, that we you know, really drive home this, this mission, right? It's really, and that's what we're going to talk about next time is the mission, mm -hmm. right? Uh, that it is for us to participate. The mission really is for us to have full active and conscious participation in the body of Christ. Um, that, you know, we can, we can talk a lot about the different nuances of the mission in our next episode, and we'll do that. But that's really what, uh, the, you know, the mission is really to live that out on earth. And then what happens, as you just said, Anne, it's <laughs> participating in heaven. We you know we get the foretaste of heaven. So uh, it's it's so awesome how the Holy Spirit puts all of this together. Um, and so it's been so much fun uh, today, Anne, chatting with you as always. And uh, thanks so much. Oh, thank you, Bill. Looking forward to the next one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, folks, we want you to head over to our website, patchworkheartradio.org, and like it and follow us on social media. Uh, don't forget to do that. But until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, may God bless you. Have a great rest of the week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. 
For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2. The Shroud of Turin is one of the most researched and studied relics in church history and profoundly impacts many who encounter its mystery. As a person of faith, looking at it through the eyes of faith, um, I don't think it can help but, uh, but touch your heart. Something that we can look on not only to bolster our faith in those moments of weakness, but also to deepen our faith and our appreciation, our intimacy with Christ. Join Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry as they examine the science of the Shroud through the lens of faith. Really interesting scientific information that I, we didn't know about, uh, like the pollen from all the different regions of the world. That's all, as the Shroud traveled around, it picked that up. Some of the mites, uh, things like that was really interesting to me. I mean, this made you really want to believe it a lot more. It's impressive. Like, humanly, I don't think, like, that is another level of love. It's not a, a, a I'm gonna see like, oh, I love you, I'll give you a chocolate. No, I'm giving you more than my life. I'm giving you my suffering. Asking both experts and disciples, who do you say I am? Um, as far as who the man of the shroud is, I, as a, as a person of faith and kind of reviewing the evidence there, it, it seems that a convincing argument can be made that it's, it's Jesus of Nazareth. Visit patchworkheart.org shroud to learn more and get exclusive behind the scenes updates for your support. Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278.